Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news right now. Steve Bannon is being sentenced. We have the information for you also in this broadcast. Democrats arrested for voter fraud. Elon Musk will fire 75% of Twitter's workforce. And Elon Musk expected to close that deal in one week from today. Also, Joe Biden manhandling reporters as Hunter Biden gets sued by the laptop repairman for defamation, a monster case. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Court right now as we speak. He is being sentenced after the House voted to hold him in contempt of Congress. He was convicted for defying a subpoena from lawmakers investigating January 6th, the riot at the Capitol. Griff Jenkins is live outside the federal courthouse in Washington, watching this all for us this morning. Good morning, Griff. Hey, Julie, good morning. And that's right. We should know this sentencing fairly soon. Mr. Bannon in the court behind me. He started his sentence hearing about nine o'clock and it's six months behind bars and a $200,000 fine is what prosecutors seem to want to have be the outcome after they say that Mr. Bannon pursued a strategy of bad faith, of defiance and contempt. Now, today's sentencing comes one year to the day after the House of Representatives voted uh, to hold him in contempt and referred his conduct to the DOJ. Of course, Bannon was found guilty back in July of contempt on two courts. We are breaking news right now. We have been working furiously on this broadcast as we see the news of Steve Bannon's sentencing and Jack Posobiec will be joining the show very soon. Jack Posobiec will be joining the show. He has been following the courtroom sentencing of Steve Bannon right now, which is breaking. I think we need to stop for a moment and have a look at what just happened. Literally just happened. Steve Bannon's live sentencing update. Now this is for the January 6th subpoena. Uh, uh, Not responding to it. Okay. So this is what they're getting Steve Bannon on, which I think we deserves to be talked about as it pertains to what Republicans can do when they start to subpoena Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, everyone who ever went to Epstein Island, everyone who ever violated the law openly and egregiously and get answers. And ladies and gentlemen, a lots of answers we have on this show. Again, we will bring you news of arrests being made for voter fraud in 2022. We will get to that in a moment. But first, Steve Bannon's sentencing. Let's get into it. It looks like the sentence has been has been postponed, breaking Steve Bannon released on appeal. Sentence will not be instituted until all appeals have been resolved. Ladies and gentlemen, we are reading here the post-millennial. Looks like we got a 404 on the post-millennial. Uh, maybe there's too much traffic right now. Bannon was found guilty for two counts of contempt of Congress. Ooh, boy, howdy. Are we going to have an interesting time when Republicans take over Congress in order to use that same rule against Democrats when they get subpoenaed by our members of Congress? And we have also on this show incredible polling showing that Republicans are just walking away with this thing. They are breaking away now. With the midterm elections, it is going to be a devastating red nuclear meteorite from the red planet. Red red wave does not account for what's about to happen, ladies and gentlemen, along with Republicans also getting the Senate. So here we are, Steve Bannon. Let's go ahead and check. And and according to MSNBC, a jury convicted the former White House chief of staff for two criminal charges of contempt of Congress. The Department of Justice on Monday recommended six-month jail sentence for Bannon and $200,000 fine. Bannon has been sentenced to four months, but he has been released today as he appeals. The judge is agreeing that Bannon's argument and that the sentence should be delayed until his appeals process is resolved. Okay, so his sentence has been delayed. The judge did not give Steve Bannon the amount of time that the Justice Department wanted, which was six months. It looks like Steve Bannon uh, was sentenced, but was also released. This according to the Post Millennial, MSNBC, Jack Posobiec. Jack Posobiec is hopping off war room at the moment 
and will be hopping over to join us uh, in in a in in seconds here as we get this breaking news in. So what what happened? Maybe we will have house arrest here. Who knows? But it looks as though it looks as though the judge agreed with Steve Bannon's argument that all sentencing should be delayed until his appeals process is resolved. The judge is looking into executive privilege. Steve Bannon was sentenced to four months, but again, this is something that has been delayed. He has a $6,500 fine, so $6,500 fine and up to four months for contempt of Congress. Okay, we're looking forward to this applying to Barack Obama. We're looking forward to this applying to Eric Holder. We're looking forward to this applying to Merrick Garland. We're looking forward to this applying to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Contempt of Congress. Give us every record, every personal item, everything we have ever requested from your private communications. Doesn't matter if they are covered by executive privilege. Doesn't matter if you work in the White House. Doesn't matter if you're the president's son. Or you go to prison. I deeply look forward to the investigation into the Epstein flight logs. I deeply look forward to the investigation into what Hillary Clinton knew about Benghazi, what Hillary Clinton knew about the Steele dossier. I deeply look forward to those subpoenas. Well done. Way to set the standard up, libs. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the breaking news. So Steve Bannon walks free. There is a live shot of the courthouse waiting for Steve Bannon to exit, uh, you really do ultimately have to ask yourselves, what will this lead to? There is a moment in 2012 when Harry Reid changed the nuclear option on the filibuster for judicial nominations. And Mitch McConnell, who we do not like on this program, who we despise on this program, but Mitch McConnell said something very true at the time is that they will regret this. And that changing this rule will backfire because politics is cyclical and because the pendulum swings. And most importantly, the pendulum swings against the radicalized Democrat party who is so out of lockstep and favor with the American people. And now what you have is a Supreme Court that just struck down Roe v. Wade. This is a direct result of Harry Reid's short-term political gamesmanship in changing the filibuster rules. And now you have no more Roe v. Wade in America. So this is what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We will uh, bring we will bring Jack in when he pops up, and he can he can get us he can get us, of course, the breaking information. Jack has been following this and has been inside of the courtroom with Steve Bannon. And we say this, and we said it before, and we've said it just on Twitter right now, that Steve Bannon is a test case for you. Donald Trump was a test case for you. It was not as much about Trump. It was not as much about Steve. It was not as much about Alex Jones. It was always ever about you. You are not compliant with the machine. You are not on message. You threaten them. They will allow speech from rap artists about murders, about all manner of degeneracy. Degeneracy is allowed and encouraged. They need you fat and weak and addicted. Degeneracy is encouraged. You thinking freely is a threat. They need you as degenerates. They need you weak. They need you fat. They need you addicted. They need you watching the NFL every Sunday for 12 hours. And then they need you chained to a desk for the rest of the week, slaving away for a corporation that's going to invest all of your productivity into BlackRock. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what they require of you. And when you break the matrix, you become a threat. And that is what they are going after. Steve Bannon broke the matrix. Donald Trump broke the matrix. So what we are looking at here is the real threat. This is why they go after people like Kanye. This is why they go after the people who break out of their control. I got a family member who's really bad at balancing her budget. And as a small business owner, I've helped her 
go through her line items and see what her expenses are at the end of the month and help tally them up so that she can stay on budget. She's on a fixed income, and so we help her out. Now, I was shocked to see the amount of money that she is spending for her and her kids to have a cell phone plan. It's one of the first things we did to help her hit her budget every single month is to adjust that wildly inflated bill for cell phone coverage. It is the year 2022. This is one of the number one ways that you can save with your bills. And you got to save because you can see what's happening to the economy right now. You can see what Joe Biden is doing. You got to protect what's yours today. Step one, I told her was switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk, America's most reliable 5G network, and you don't have to sacrifice coverage for a fortune every month. I mean, take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you know how much you pay. It's going to be hundreds of bucks. With Pure Talk, you can get unlimited talk and text and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. That's real saving, and it can go to cover groceries, gas. Pure Talk has never raised their rates, and they're run by patriots. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter the code Benny, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com and enter the code Benny to save right now with the company that I trust with my business and my family, Pure Talk. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The machine does not like being mocked, and now they're going after Steve Bannon. So what will happen next? We'll be joined by Jack Posobiec in a moment to talk about it. But let us continue today's show with an important first story, something that the machine, of course, doesn't want you to know. They don't want you to know that voter fraud is real, it happens, and that people go to prison for it. Luckily, I live inside of a state that has done what is required to catch voter fraudsters who are trying to game our elections, flout our laws, and in order to illegally influence elections by voting fraudulently. Yes, it does happen. And here is a case breaking last night. Broward County resident has been arrested by Florida's election crime unit, faces felony voter fraud charges after registering to vote as Democrat with a fake birth certificate, voting in two election cycles. He voted this year in 2022, despite not being a U.S. citizen, despite not being a legal resident, this illegal immigrant is voting in our elections as a Democrat, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, the Broward County resident is facing voter fraud charges after he allegedly voted in two 2022 elections despite not being a U.S. citizen. The probable cause affidavit says, thank God for the Florida Election Departments of Voter Security. Nelson, Alford Nelson is his name, he's 57. He was arrested on Wednesday by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement on two counts of voting as an unqualified elector. County jail records show by Thursday morning, he had been released from jail without having to post bail. Now that seems to be a problem. It needs to be looked into more. He is from Jamaica. He became a lawful permanent U.S. resident in Miami on June 21st, 1977, but he is not an American citizen. So he does not have the ability to vote in our elections. He, of course, registered as a Democrat. He has numerous aliases and voted illegally under multiple surnames, ladies and gentlemen a sophisticated voter fraud operation. In an interview with a uh, Florida Department of Election Integrity agent, the Department of Homeland Security investigator at his home earlier this month, Nelson said he renewed his Florida ID and he got a fake birth certificate from New York City of all places. He bought it. And while at the DMZ office, he registered multiple times to vote and he ended up voting multiple times. He received a voter ID card days later. System broken. Broward County, of course, Broward County election supervisor of election records show that he voted by mail. January 11th, special general election and on March 8th, special general election. Both of these ballots included statewide and federal candidates. The affidavit said unlawful residents are not allowed to vote in American elections. According to Homeland Security, Nelson could face five years in prison and hopefully he gets it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis has done what it takes in order to prosecute election fraud. He created the Office of Election Crimes and Security under Florida Department of State in July. 
This department is tasked with investigating all election crimes in Florida and implementing the measures that will ensure Florida's elections remain secure. This is one of many results Ron DeSantis has also charged dozens of other people in Florida for voting illegally. Those people include criminal migrants and also felons who are not allowed to vote in elections. Those people will be facing severe jail time. Do you want to dissuade fraud in your elections? This is how you do it. This is an ironclad case. Again, we are reporting from the Sun Sentinel. Here is the fraud news clip. Uh, fraud news, Royce. Hey, thank you. Breaking news right now. A man arrested for voter fraud. Police say he cast ballots, but he's not a U.S. citizen. And Janice Fernandez is following this one for us. She's in the newsroom. Janice. Christian Louis, that man faces two counts of voting as an unqualified elector for voting in two Broward County elections. This is 57-year-old Alfred Samuels. He also goes by the name Alfred Nelson. He lives in Lauder Hill, but he is a citizen of Jamaica. He's accused of using a fake birth certificate from New York to register as a voter in Broward County as Alfred Nelson. Samuels, police say, then voted by mail in two Broward County special elections in January and March of this year. Samuels entered the U.S. in 1977 as a lawful permanent resident, but he never applied for naturalization. He also has a record of convictions and time in prison for a variety of felonies. Samuels was arrested yesterday and taken to the Broward County Jail. Louis. Right, Janice, thank you. For I have a family member who works in law enforcement, and he is a high-ranking law enforcement officer on a state level uh, in a state that I won't mention because it'll be too easy to find. <laughs> My family member who works in law enforcement likens voter fraud and the solving of voter fraud cases to this. He says we have a homicide department. The reason we have a homicide department is because we see murder as a bad thing. If you didn't have homicide detectives and units that were set up in order to prevent homicide, well, then you'd say effectively that homicide is a good thing and you'd never solve murders. The way you solve murders is to have people who have sophisticated equipment, processes in place, and are routinized in figuring out where and how murder happens and then preventing the murder from happening. You must have a Department of Election Security with the legal teeth and the capacity to solve these cases of election fraud. If you don't have that in your state, then your representatives, specifically the Republican ones, do not see election fraud as an issue. If you have a single vote that is fraudulent, then that is enough. And Ron DeSantis said so. This is Ron DeSantis establishing exactly what every Republican official should be calling for across the country, and they should have one on a federal level. There is nothing on a federal level, by the way, uh, that even remotely reflects the type of urgency that is required to make sure that we have a fair election. Here's Ron DeSantis establishing his Office of Election Crimes and Security. So we are creating, for the first time ever, uh, in state government, an Office of Election Crimes and Security to be able to prosecute voter fraud. And I think that this office will be, will be very, very much uh, appreciated, and it will allow us to have people who really specialize in election security and uh, in election integrity. And so that's going to be getting off the ground very soon. And I think you're going to see uh, people are really going to be excited. And so my message is just, I don't think there's any other place in the country where you should have more confidence that your vote counts than in the state of Florida, which is great. Okay, so that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. This is how you solve real crime. Now, what wasn't a real crime? Well, what wasn't a real crime is Steve Bannon today. This is a political persecution. Again, we told you that Jack would be joining us from Washington, D.C., one of the closest allies of Steve Bannon, to give us an update as to what happened today. Jack joins the program now. You ever heard the term throwing fuel on the fire? This is exactly what our federal government is doing with inflation. They are adding to inflation. They are trying to make your life worse in order to keep power. That's why the consumer price index right now is increasing yet again. The stock market is in total turmoil and our leaders are spending more money. That's exactly what Joe Biden is doing, spending more money to destroy the American family. Spending more money to turn down inflation is literally the opposite of the thing that you would do 
if you wanted to actually solve inflation. So what can you do about it? Well, you can text Benny to 989898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit to protect your savings with gold in a tax sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Have you ever uh, looked at your IRA over the last month or two? What's going on? Have you looked at your 401ks? Ladies and gentlemen, now is time to invest in gold. Do not let the left devalue your savings. Text Benny to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation info kit for Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account with Birch Gold, and Birch Gold has an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau. Let them help you do it. Jack, we thank you so much for keeping our audience up to date uh, in the many stages of this three-part drama around Steve Bannon. It seems like we're not done yet. What happened today? So today this sentence was imposed. And so you've, you've got kind of two things going on. And I think a lot of the media is missing part two of it. So part one, and obviously it's very egregious. Steve has been sentenced to four months in prison, 120 days. Now we don't know if those four months so it's two counts of two months, right? But the way it works is, is that to be served consecutively or concurrently? And I've seen some reporting uh, that's been a little vague on that. So we don't know if it's, if it's if, by the way, so if it's served uh, concurrently, then obviously that's only two months of real time, right? That's how that works. So you may see him with four months, you may see him with two months. However, comma, here's the big part too that a lot of the media is missing. Steve is out on appeal, just like Jesse Smollett was let out on appeal and huh. the judge ruled that steve bannon may will not have his sentence imposed pending the resolution of all appeals now as we know with this executive privilege argument that came up in this case and benny you and i talked about this down um when we did our last sit down interview that there's an executive question here which goes straight back to the heart of the constitutional issue with this case over whether or not the the conversations held with the president of the united states are privileged and should be protected from the legislature and the legislative branch obviously the january 6th committee is a member of the legislative branch this is an issue for the supreme court and the judge seems to understand that very well which is why he's really making sure to say those appeals because he knows those appeals obviously include all the way up to the Supreme Court. This is something that uh, when the Supreme Court looks at criminal cases, they always looking at those constitutional issues. Uh, typically, you'd see Eighth Amendment, Fourth Amendment, these type of violations. But here we see something that could be a actual separation of powers argument, which is something that's very rare for the Supreme Court to see in a criminal case. And really, because obviously this case is just and this this crime is something that's not generally charged here in Washington, D.C. You've seen contempt of Congress again and again. And the judge even pointed out at sentencing, even pointed out that while he's bound by the limits of the law, he did point out that the January 6th committee did not seek to enforce their subpoena through the court system, they immediately went straight to prosecution, almost as if that's what they wanted all along. Yes. So, okay, two quick follow-ups here. One, is this going to be a precedent that's going to haunt Democrats, just like Harry Reid changing the nuclear filibuster rule? Uh, and now, look at that. You have one domino, there's the domino, and, th and then suddenly Roe v. Wade is overturned, right? So what kind of a consequence will this have as we see poll after poll after poll of Republicans taking control, firmer control of Congress, even the Senate now, not like any of us have any faith in Mitch McConnell, but what this is, a, this is precedent setting. Well, Benny, I mean, uh, let's just let's just look at this. Right. So, number one, I hope the January 6th committee stays open under the Republican House. And I hope that, that the lead investigator is named as Mr. Darren Beatty. Uh, I also <laughs> hope we also know that. Right. We also and that means Darren Beatty yes. will be the one issuing subpoenas to Democrats and Ray Epps and to Chris Ray and everyone else to that who must come and speak before the committee. I've also the, when we interviewed um, Senator Rand Paul on Human Events Daily, 
he said specifically and unequivocally that he will seek a special investigator for Dr. Anthony Fauci. Whatever capacity he's in, whether he resigns from the NIH, whether he leaves, guess what? You're still a citizen of the of these United States, and you, as we've seen under the new Bannon precedent, you must comply or you will be held in contempt. So yes. if this is the way they want to move with these things, we're going to see January 6th stay open. We're going to see Fauci. That's going to be a, a, a special investigator under Rand Paul. And guess what else? We're also going to be looking at the laptop again and not just the laptop right people talk about the laptop hunter biden it's not just that it's the biden family business what were they doing were they mixing politics and kevin mccarthy said yesterday what did he say he said no political impeachments i agree with him if we impeach biden it has nothing to do with politics it has to do with a thorough investigation of what he's done with our border what they were doing with this family business, the selling of influence, selling out to the Ukrainians, selling out to the Chinese, selling out to the mayor of Moscow, it seems at some point. We want a thorough investigation of what's going on. And if high crimes and misdemeanors are found, and we're going to have Mr. Toby, Tony Bobolinsky is going to come up and he's going to testify about all of that. And if yes. we find them, then there will be under an independent counsel like Kenneth Starr was, then there will be an impeachment. So we now have the Bannon standard. OK, let's do it. The Bannon standard. It does seem as though that the judge, I mean, am I wrong that the judge sort of hit the middle ground here with sentencing? Yes. That the right. DOJ was asking for something much higher, much more severe, especially when it comes to the uh, monetary compensation, 6,500 versus 200,000. Well, I, I think that, I mean, it, it's, you know, Steve's a man of means, you know, I think 200,000, he'd be able to pay whatever the fine is, but 6,500 right. is quite low. It's it's quite low and it's it's not something that really sends a very strong message. I think the time served um, in terms of this and depending and, and I really want to get an answer to that question. I wish we had it now. But of course, this is a breaking developing story. But if it is, in fact, a consecutive sentence, two months on two counts, sixty five hundred dollars, that's kind of at the low end of the swimming pool in terms of this. Mm -hmm. And then also the idea that he's he is out pending all appeals, which could be a very lengthy process. We're talking federal appeals court uh, obviously goes up to the district level. Then it's going to go up to the circuit level. And then finally, it will be at the Supreme Court. So we're talking a process that could take months or potentially years. I want everyone to follow Jack because Jack's the one who told us months ago it was going to be two months and a couple thousand bucks. Did you say predicted that. this. I did say you that. You predicted this on the show. You predicted this during our interview. You said two months probably and a couple thousand bucks and I'll be hosting War Room. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, uh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of co-hosting today. So we've got Navarro's there. I said I dipped out because I said, look, I, you know, Benny wants me on Steve, by the way, he just left the courthouse. He gave, gave a speech outside because, of course, right, you know, all mm -hmm. the media is there. He's on his way back to the war room right now as we speak. Uh, Jack, we we know that you are a busy man. Would you mind reacting to Steve's speech? We have the clip loaded. Let's hear we it. Have a short... Let's do it myself yet. Yeah. So uh, ALX, we have the clip loaded. Uh, let's listen to Steve Bannon. He just finished speaking. This clip is on fire. It's hot off the presses. Uh, this is Steve Bannon speaking at the courtroom literally seconds ago. Jack and I watching it uh, right now for the first time. My direction. Yeah. Hey, hang on. I, I, I want to. <clears throat> by the way, I want to say one thing. I, I respect uh, the judge. The sentence he came down with today is his decision. I fully respect. I've been totally respectful of this entire process uh, on the legal side. Also, want to make one other statement before I talk about a broader topic. More than any person in the Trump administration, I testified before the Mueller Commission for more hours. I testified in front of uh, Chair Schiff in the House Intelligence Committee more than any other person in the Trump administration. I, attest I testified in front of the Senate Intelligence, I think more than any, all about the issues related uh, to, uh, to Russia Gate, to all of that, okay? And the same process every time. I had lawyers that were engaged, they worked through the issues of privilege, and at that time I went and testified. And, I, and, and this thing about uh, I'm above the law is an absolute and total lie. Now, more importantly, more importantly, the judge, today was my judgment day by the judge. And he stated and for the appeal. And we'll have a very vigorous appeals process. I've got a great legal team. And there'll be multiple areas of appeal. So, Jack, we're watching this clip and we're saying this is not a man who looks phased. This looks like a man who's in charge. 
Now, the full clip you can check out on our social media. It's about five minutes long, but this doesn't... Steve Bannon, and you know him better than, I think, almost anyone alive. Um, Steve Bannon does not look phased here. Look, I, I, I talked to Steve last night, um, you know, talking about what, we, you know, what he wanted to cover for War Room today, and the main thing he said, he said, Jack, there's no crying in the War Room. There's no whining in the War Room. You cut. You cover what you have to cover. You talk about the case, but I want content. I want substance, and I want people to know that regardless of what they do to me, because he didn't know they could have hauled him off today, right? So when I'm, yes. I was talking to him, and he said, "Jack, whatever happens, the show goes on. The show wow. goes on." And he said, you know, whatever they do to me, it's not about me. It's about the movement. It's about everything that we've all worked together, not just War Room, shows like yours, shows like mine, like Charlie, Tucker, all of it, right? All of it coming together to form that focal point, the tip of the spear, the fact that we are going to be going out onto that field, onto that field of political battle coming up here in just a couple weeks, right? About a week and a half, really. Yes. One that what he said in, and what he said going into the courtroom, I think, was even stronger, actually, because he said, look, today's my judgment day. But Joe Biden's judgment day is November 8th and it's coming. Mm -hmm. What is your final I mean, what is your final message to our audience as it pertains to the 2022 midterm elections? No step back, not one step back. We have gotten this movement from the place we were on November 9th. Actually, November 4th, 2020, right? November 4th, 2020. Remember where we were. Remember how you felt. We've taken that movement and people like Steve and people like you, Benny, and people like Tucker and Charlie and everybody else. We've taken this movement from the bottom of the mountain to we are almost at the top. We are almost at the top of that mountain right now. And all we and we are pushing a giant boulder ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Right. But we are not Sisyphus because we're going to get to the top of that mountain and we're going to push it all the way over. And the Democrats political dreams and their aspirations for changing and transforming this country into a regime are going to be crashed on the stone of freedom. Amazing. Beautiful stuff. Truly put it into his sonnet. Jack was right all along. He predicted this months ago. If you were listening to Jack, you would have known exactly what was going to happen today. Jack was dead on. It was, it's stunning as we go back and look through the footage. Please follow Jack on social media, and Jack will be uh, back, I think, hosting the War Room for a little bit. So We'll see. We'll see. All right. Thanks, Thank mate. you. Thank you, Jack, for being on the program. What wild times we live in. What incredible times we live in, truly. We do live inside of a sunken regime where those in power are attempting so desperately and demonically to cling to power and to stay in power, and they will do anything. They will do anything. Our first story today was about election fraud in Florida from the Sun Sentinel. Ladies and gentlemen, this next story will show you precisely how desperate they truly are. Joe Biden went to Pennsylvania yesterday to go and to play Herman Munster with John Fetterneck, and it didn't work out very, very well. Joe Biden went to go speak at an event where he was actually the second worst speaker of the English language. John Fetterman is not able to say sentences. This has uh, been plainly clear, and we will demonstrate it for you in this block. According to the Post Millennial, during the speech in Pennsylvania, this was supposed to inspire people for John Fetterman, who is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden uh, didn't have John Fetterman speak. Well, that's interesting. President Biden touted the Democrats' infrastructure programs. Not that that matters to anyone who is suffering under crippling gas prices, grocery store prices, inflation mortgage prices, home ownership prices. Joe Biden, of course, a numbers man, had this to say about the amount of money, your money, that he has lit on fire in this country. Well, to help your members of Congress here today, I signed into law a once-in-a-generation investment in roads, highways, bridges, railroads, ports, airports, and so much more, over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. A billion, two hundred trillion, trillion dollars, two hundred bajillion, one million dollars, Joe Biden says. Joe Biden also thanked the Fettermans, his wife, 
who many people call Jersey Giselle. Jersey Giselle is not from Pennsylvania. She's from New Jersey. She talks like she's from New Jersey, and she will be the one actually pulling the levers if John Fetterman is able to wobble into the Senate. John Fetterman, as we have shown you many, many times, is not able to speak the English language. In fact, last week, we presented to you information of John Fetterman needing a text-to-type teletype in order to get through an interview with MSNBC. I'm not sure if we have those clips in here, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, it was pretty depressing. So Joe Biden is essentially acknowledging that Jersey Giselle, who is John Fetterman's far-left extremist feminist wife, will be the de facto senator from the state of Pennsylvania. Joe Biden saying that Jersey Giselle will be the lady in the Senate. Watch. And Lieutenant Governor, I was saying something nice about you. That's why it went out. And uh, but I'm saying we're going to try like the devil to keep you from having to not having to deciding to leave. I wish you didn't. And 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 John, thank you uh, very much for uh, for running. I really do appreciate it. And Zell, you're gonna you're gonna be a great uh, a great lady in the Senate. Okay. Well, you kind of said the quiet part out loud there, along with John Fetterman being asked, "Wait a second, why don't you speak at the event?" That is in your honor. So this is an event in order to hype John Fetterman for Senate, and John Fetterman doesn't speak. I I, I beg your pardon? A, a reporter essentially asked him about this. A reporter asked him a question afterwards, so they keep the press very, very far away at these events. And a reporter came and asked John Fetterman a question, and watch what happened. Mr. Fetterman, no. are, are you satisfied with the progress of the bridge? So his wife answered for him. And this happens all the time. Jersey Giselle, Jersey Giselle is answering all the time for a John Fetterman. And John Fetterman, as we have played you time and time again, has no capacity to speak the English language. John Fetterman suffered from a stroke earlier uh, this year. And as we often say about Joe Biden, what should happen here is that you should have care for these people, perhaps drop out of the race. Don't abuse them. Don't ram them through for power and office. Don't use the people you love for political gain. What sick monsters you are. And you can see this time and time again with Joe Biden, especially yesterday. Joe Biden manhandled reporters. He got lost on stage. He started yelling at everyone. It's crazy. Look at just this event in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden couldn't figure out what to do after he was finished with the event. After the event, Joe Biden turned around and said, where the hell am I? Who am I? What's my name? What am I doing here? Watch. Joe Biden saluted an earth mover. So he turns around and he like salutes an earth mover. We've shown you a supercut of Joe Biden not knowing where the hell he's going after an event. This happens all the time. Joe Biden's lost. Joe Biden is suffering from early onset dementia or mid onset dementia. It is elder abuse what's happening in the White House. And it's quite clear as we have, dem as we have demonstrated the... Severe cases of dementia often lead to irrational shouting, irritation with simple tasks. And you were able to see that at the White House yesterday when Joe Biden was asked, yo, uh, hey, wait a second, why, why aren't people campaigning with you? Like, nobody likes you. Some of the most extreme leftists around the country, like Beto O'Rourke, Stacey Abrams, everyone in Florida, like, why is no one campaigning with you? And Joe Biden, of course, reacted as though he was suffering from the demyelinization of his nervous system and the collapse of his brainstem, which is actually what's clinically happening to Joe Biden. Watch. Do you want President Biden to come to Ohio and publicly campaign with you in this final lap? 
No, no. Do you want President Biden to campaign for you, North Carolina? You know, if it's an official visit, we'll just have to see if, if that's something that's av- if we're available. If he came out here, held an event, uh, you'd, you'd attend that event. Oh, you'd I, like, you'd I like certainly, that. I would certainly consider it. Consider is not. I would, <laughs> well, I would look at it. So these are Democrats saying, um, yeah, I want Joe Biden. Uh, I want Joe Biden in my race, just like I want prostate cancer in my body. I don't want it. I want it to go away. And I need it actually to not be around for me to have any fighting chance to live. Joe Biden was asked about this at the White House to his face and his response proves once more that what they are doing to this man is elder abuse. Watch. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why are That's more not ca- true. There's been 15. Count, kid, count. Okay, and uh, are there going to be even more? Yeah. Count, kid, count. Come on, kid. Let's go, kid. Joe Biden, of course, laid hands on another reporter who had the temerity to ask whether Joe Biden was focusing on inflation or whether Joe Biden was focusing on abortion. Of course, we know that inflation is the number one issue for all Americans in this country as it pertains to the 2022 midterm election. All polling has shown this. But Joe Biden seems to have an extremely outsized focus on abortion. The reason why is because D.C. consulting firms can make money off that issue and they view that as a motivating issue for sad, single, childless, cat-loving, Xanax-filled, Lululemon pants-wearing, soul-cycle single ladies who live in Georgetown who conduct these polls. So Joe Biden asked this very simple question and then asked a follow-up, which is, do you have any abortion limits? Should there be a limit on abortion? This sends Joe Biden into a blind rage. Joe Biden grabs a microphone. Check this out. He grabs the reporter's microphone and starts screaming. Watch. Should there be any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion at all? Yes, there should be. What should they be? And Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You'll get educated. No, I'm going to ask you. Did you see that? He reaches, Joe Biden reaches in and starts shaking the man's microphone. Do you remember when we were told that when Donald Trump would say, you fake news, sit down, I don't like you, Jim Acosta. When Donald Trump would come through and be like, you have never done a good story, I don't like you. We were called, Donald Trump was called a literal violence against journalists. He was called a threat to the First Amendment. Jim Acosta wrote a book, something to, along the lines of like, I'm being attacked, right? And here's Joe Biden literally laying hands on a reporter. What's the name of Jim Acosta's stupid ass book? Here's Jim, here's, here's Joe Biden literally laying hands on a reporter and screaming at him and shaking him. And we don't hear a thing about it. Jim Acosta wrote a book about how attacked he felt at the White House. Well, Jim Acosta will feel really attacked. Our sources tell us that Jim Acosta is next on the chopping block at CNN. They've already gotten rid of a massive stable of losers. Don Lemon has been demoted. Chris Cuomo has been fired. Jeff Zucker has been fired. Humpty Dumpty has been fired. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin Lubin has been fired. And uh, Jim Acosta is next. The enemy of the people. A dangerous time to tell the truth in America. That's what Jim Acosta's book is called. Now, Jim Acosta has been weirdly silent with his verified Twitter handle over this literal dangerous time to tell the truth at the White House. Let's play the clip again. Joe Biden grabbing a reporter and shaking him and screaming at him. Play the clip again. Should there be any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion at all? Yes, there should be. What should they be? And Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You'll get educated. I'm going to ask you. Get your hands off that guy. Get your hands off all the children while you're at it. There is so many things that are happening that are not normal. Stop acting like this is normal. It's funny to laugh at these things. And it's funny to be like, yo, this is really stupid. Joe Biden's a dummy head. He has depends on. Don't worry. We get our chuckles on here at this show. Obviously, our cover images demonstrate that we like to take a uh, a, a funny and meme-matic towards the news. We always try that, but this is not normal. Don't act like it's normal. 
stay away from Joe Biden. Keep your kids away from Joe Biden. Joe Biden talking like a child. Uh, yesterday, Joe Biden just spoke complete gibberish when asked again why no Democrats want to campaign uh, with a man who's about as popular as prostate cancer in a nursing home. Check it out. More candidates want to be seen in public with you, like Mr. Federer. Where did you buy it at? What are you talking about? Tim Ryan in Ohio said he doesn't want you there. Warnock said wouldn't say. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, they're by 16 there. I've already gone in for yet and a lot more last. Another 20 or so. I'm going to be going in. Are you going to go next week? I don't know where I'm going. I've got about 16, 18 requests around the country. So I don't know who's going where. I get told. I get told, he said. <laughs> Our sweet friend, Jesse Waters there, of course, always with the epic reporting and Tucker Carlson, man, was a great segment last night on Kerry Lake. I'm not sure if we cover it here in the program, but boy, it is such a great ALX. Can we load up that clip of uh, Tucker Carlson reacting to Kerry Lake CNN? Man, that was just great. It was fire. We put it out on Twitter and um, you got to see it. It's just an, an, a legendary show. And Tucker's having Carrie Lake on a lot. And he did just a tour de force last night. And it's going to be a tour de force. Carrie Lake is leading the charge in a red tsunami that's caused by a red meteorite from the red planet striking the country. It is really not looking great out there. We're 20, less than 20 days away from the midterm elections. And a new poll just dropped from big data polling. Some of our friends over there at Big Data Polling, Rich Barris, Rich Barris's operation, are the pollster, the only pollster that we trust, showing that the red wave is not only incoming, but imminent. With less than three weeks to go before Election Day, Republicans hold an expanding five-point lead over Democrats when voters are asked who they intend to vote for in their congressional districts this November. Republicans held historic leads on the generic ballot this summer, and the metric tightened. Support for Republicans on the generic ballot has risen 48% to 42%. The pre-Labor Day survey conducted just before September. Meanwhile, Democrats ticked only marginally higher. A five-point lead has the potential to grow when late deciders are demographically friendly to the Republican Party, largely disapprove of the president and the issues important to their vote, not favorable to Democrat. Big poll director Rich Barris said, the tightening in the summer was more a result of voters softening their support for Republican candidates but now they've changed their minds. Likely midterm voters are extremely negative about the direction of the country. Another key metric strongly tied to the incumbent party's midterm performance. They're toast, baby. Men back Republicans 53 to 39%. Democrats barely led women, which is a disaster. Independents also prefer Republicans. Among those certain to vote, Republicans lead 51 to 44. The GOP turnout edge is furthered substantially by their lead among those extremely enthusiastic. The in extremely enthusiastic vote 53% to 44%. Yo, this is going to be a wipeout. Now, Real Clear Politics has changed 17 House seats since October. And those changes were all for Republicans. I think we have the graphic. Uh, I think we have the graphic right here. You can see the House seats switching to Republican control for Real Clear Politics. Um, maybe we do, maybe we don't. There it is. There you go. All of it moving into the GOP column and real clear politics is of course the indicator that averages all of the polling. So you're talking about averaging out the leftist polls that are intended to be the suppression polls. And they're still skewing every race Republican in the 17 that they moved. Article from the Gateway Public, ultra MAGA is growing. More than half of the people registered to attend Trump rallies are first time attendees. According to the data from Trump team, over half those who registered to attend Trump's last five rallies are first time rally goers in Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio and Nevada, Arizona as well. All the percentages above 50 percent, some of them as high as 60 percent in Ohio. Team Trump official told Fox News that more than half of the people who registered to attend Trump's five most recent rallies in September and October were first-time attendees. That means that Trump is building a massive database of people who have registered to attend these rallies, and they are going to use that data to save the country. This means the president's rallies are not only energizing his base, but introducing new voters to 
his endorsed candidates in the critical days before the midterm elections. This is the kind of energy that fuels massive victories. It's true. People are sick. They've had a belly full of this ruling regime. All you need, all you need is to see the results. We ask this question on every single show. What the hell do they have to run on? What? Point me to a single indicator right now. Point me to an indicator right now that would be a strong running cornerstone for the Democrat Party. What would you say? What say you? What victory have you accomplished? Spending more fiat money, like melting down the printing presses, printing out fiat money for Ukraine and bankrupting our country is not a success. Gas prices, grocery prices, home prices, crashing the economy, crashing the stock market, and depleting our strategic oil reserves, not a success. And what are they focused on? What is the main messaging from the Democrat Party? Hey, please focus on the people who took selfies inside the Capitol two years ago. Focus on the granny with the 25-cent Walmart flag that took selfies inside the Capitol two years ago. We need you to make sure that that is your sole, that is the sole focus. And all the polling indicates that it's garbage. And now it looks like they're going to have a real problem on the January 6th committee. Ex-Capitol Police chief who was forced to quit after January 6th and was made the fall guy by Pelosi is now getting a multi-million dollar book deal where he promises to reveal the cover-up. This according to the Daily Mail. What is this about? A former U.S. Capitol Police chief who was forced to resign in the aftermath of January 6th inked a multi-million dollar book deal where he will reveal the harrowing details and the cover-up that followed. Stephen Sons, Courage Under Fire, Under Siege, and Outnumbered 58 to 1, January 6th, is slated to be released on January 3rd, just shy of the two-year anniversary of the riot. It's time to break my silence and reveal everything I know about what happened, Sund said in a statement. Blackstone CEO John Stanton, Josh Stanton, told Publishers Weekly, that Sun's accounts contain details that will alter some of the accepted facts about re- January 6th and new insights that cover up what followed. So what are the accepted facts about January 6th? What are the accepted facts exactly? Well, they are the facts that the corporate press has put together with a vertically integrated PR operation with the Democrat Party. The accepted facts do not include many controversial questions and some simple stated actuarial realities. Like for instance, the only people who died on January 6th, the only person who was killed was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by a guard who should not have shot her, period. Lethal force was not necessary there and that person should be criminally tried. They were let off the hook. We hope that changes. You can't just kill someone. You can't just murder someone. But these are the realities that do not permeate into the American public, and people should know more about them. There should also be a major delineation between rioters who fought with cops and injured police officers that we will not, we will not have any of that on the show. That is wrong, and we will state it. And who behaved criminally, and people who went into the building afterward because it was a massive march, and those people who went into the building afterward and didn't know any better. There is a delineation. We will not be forgiving for people who fight cops. You punch and you hit and you fight cops, you should go to jail. We believe that if you are an Antifa BLM member, and we believe that no matter who you are or what political party you ascribe to. But there is a difference between a rioter and a tourist who thought the Capitol was open wanted to go take selfies. There are differences, and there should be legal differences there. Now, this cop apparently was a fall guy. He resigned under pressure, including from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, soon after January 6th. He testified in the following months that he hadn't seen any FBI field report warning of potential violence. Other things that we need to note about January 6th, and Cash Patel has been on the show multiple times and has said, Plainly, Donald Trump approved of the National Guard to guard the U.S. Capitol, 20,000 troops, and Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, who is the mayor of D.C., the far leftist, single-party state mayor of D.C., they rescinded that 
They did not take Donald Trump up on that. It is the sole discretion of the president to send the National Guard and to approve of the National Guard. The National Guard cannot be ordered to go somewhere unless the people in charge allow it. You can't order, essentially, deployment of U.S. troops on U.S. soil. And so Nancy Pelosi would have to accept Donald Trump's offering of National Guard troops. She didn't. So where the hell is that? Where's the footage about, where's the footage of the pipe bomber? Why have we never heard anything more about the pipe bomber at the U.S. Capitol? I want to know. Get us the information. We don't know. There are so many questions that deserve to be answered, and it seems like this cop is going to come out and blow the whistle on Nancy Pelosi and on the established narrative. Since resigning, he has maintained that the overrunning of the U.S. Capitol was a result of widespread failures. According to Blackstone, Sun will provide detail and harrowing minute by minute of the attack and trace Sun's extraordinary journey from his command post on January 6th to explosive behind the doors testimony. He had testified a month after the riot that none of the individual agencies tasked with protecting the Capitol were prepared for such an attack. And whose responsibility was that? Nancy Pelosi's. Of course, we have clips of Nancy Pelosi saying that she wanted to punch Trump during January 6th, Nancy Pelosi inexplicably having multiple documentary teams with her, mics, cameras, multiple camera angles. Hmm. Curious that. We just want answers, ladies and gentlemen. We want answers and we want the truth out there. And we will like, listen, we are a rational show. We'll take the L's when people behave badly. There is no excuse for punching and fighting cops, period. It's just the end of the story. But we want the reality here. What was going on at, at the Capitol? And more importantly, how many federal agents were in the audience there? We are now starting to find out that there were federal commandos in this audience. We have reports of this. What were they doing there? Who sent them? What were their operations? What went on? Sure would be interesting to get. We've heard Ted Cruz question the FBI over this. We shall see when Republicans take back Congress. We shall also see justice for the Bidens. Please and thank you. Please, God. Hunter Biden's laptop documents at least 459 legal violations, Watchdog Group says. A year-long exploration of Hunter Biden's laptop has yielded a 630-page report that its authors say documents 459 violations of the state and federal laws and regulations that have been broken by Joe Biden's sons and business partner. Marco Polo, a nonprofit formed by one-time aide to President Trump to enable a team of cyber gumshoes to take a deep dive into the laptop that the crack-adled Biden left at a Delaware repair shop, has proven a roadmap for local and state and federal prosecutors to pursue charges against Hunter Biden. The team put together by... Garrett Ziegler, Marco Polo's 26-year-old founder, has mined the laptop with digital savvy and produced a thorough report that is anything but vague or superficial, weighing in at one gigabytes because of the number of screenshots from the laptop. I've been focusing on this for 13 months, Ziegler told the Daily Wire. It was really up, it was really a thing of necessity. I realized how rich the material was. It required utter focus. It was hard to write something so comprehensive about it, but they did it and they found the crimes, ladies and gentlemen, 400 plus, 459 total crimes. Will Hunter Biden be charged? We wait to see. Will it happen before the midterm elections? Doubt it. They try not to do these kind of things, even though Hunter Biden is guilty as sin. And it's not just the DOJ coming after him now. The Repair shop owner of the computer store is suing Hunter Biden for defamation. The owner of the Delaware computer repair store where Hunter Biden abandoned his MacBook filed a suit against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign, Representative Adam Schiff, CNN, Politico, and the Delaware courts on Monday. Good for him. The eight-count complaint alleged claims of defamation, civil conspiracy, and civil aiding and abetting against the defendants based on statements made to the New York Post published in the salacious material recovered from Hunter Biden's laptop. John Paul Mac Isaac is the name of the laptop repairman, and he found himself thrust into the public eye when the New York Post broke this story. 
Then he was slandered by Democrats. He was slandered by Hunter Biden. He was slandered by the Biden 2020 campaign. And now Isaac is coming for revenge. Listen to John Paul Isaac on Fox News saying that he is prepared to do what is necessary to bring down the Biden crime family that tried to destroy him just for revealing the fact that Joe Biden's cokehead son is also a criminal enterprise agent. Watch. At what point did you decide, sir, to contact the Federal Bureau of Investigation about this matter? When the laptop became my property in uh, late July, I proceeded to uh, kind of research what was on it to make sure that what I had seen was what I perceived as criminal activity. Thirdly, I've never been in a courtroom. <laughs> I've never, uh, my, my, my paths have never crossed the law to the point where I had to be either a witness or, or testify or anything. So I, I figured uh, I needed to check off the box of having some experience in a courtroom, especially if uh, my lawsuits uh, proceed. So John Mac Isaac is ready. Good for him. We certainly hope to get him on the program soon. We've wanted to talk to this guy for a while. He does do interviews. This is the man behind the laptop. The reason we know about Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family is largely based on John Mac Isaac and his bravery. Isaac also added Representative Adam Schiff and CNN and Politico as defendants to the newly filed lawsuit. To prove defamation, you have to prove harm. And John Mac Isaac, of course, can prove that. You have to also prove that what was said was not true. And so John Mac, and now that everybody knows that this is Hunter Biden's actual laptop, including but not limited to the Department of Justice and the FBI, well, he's going to have a hell of a case here. Because what they said were lies about him and they harmed him. Speaking of lies and harm, <laughs> we hope this next story is not a lie. Elon Musk vows to fire 75% of Twitter's workforce, ladies and gentlemen. Let's end the week with some good news. Elon Musk has vowed a whopping 75% cut of Twitter's workforce as part of his plan to take over the company. Corporate documents obtained by the Washington Post reveal that the billionaire told prospective investors that his $44 billion deal to buy the social media giant, he plans to get rid of three quarters of its 7,500 workers. That would leave the company with just a skeleton crew of over 2,000 employees uh, that which experts say would make it difficult for the social media company to tamp it down on what it deems misinformation. Yes, okay, so the soy-infused, zit-faced loser who went to UC Berkeley and graduated with a worthless degree, who has ramen noodle dribbling down his chin, sitting there in a Che Guevara shirt inside of some... Uh, crap-filled San Francisco sidewalk office building. He is going to, as he steps over the syringes and needles and homeless people on his way to work, he, this man, this communist, is somehow better at discerning what deserves to be on the internet and what free speech is than the world's richest African-American. Got it. Then one of the world's smartest geniuses, which Elon Musk, you like call him what you will, Elon Musk is a genius. Got it. Cry more. We drink your tears. They taste like ice cream. We drink your tears. Here's the news on Elon. Coming out of the Washington Post that Elon Musk plans to cut Twitter's workforce by 75%. The Post reporting on documents uh, detailing these plans to allegedly cut Twitter's workforce. Um, of course, we'd been talking about whether or not uh, Musk would make big changes, especially when it comes to staffing. Now, of course, the deal's not done yet. We're still waiting for that October 28th deadline for a deal to happen. But if Elon Musk does indeed uh, close this deal to buy Twitter, does indeed cut 75% of the workforce. You're talking about thousands of people. Um, Twitter's workforce is currently at about 7,500 people. So 75% of that is a significant cut. We're going to continue to follow this story and bring you more headlines as we have them. The company spent a whopping $1.5 billion on personnel, a billion dollars and a half on personnel. Last year, does Twitter seem like a company that is run by 
staff that deserves billions of dollars in compensation? No, it does not. Management also planned to make major cuts on infrastructure, getting rid of data centers, and keeping the site functioning for more than 200 million users a day. Musk's deal to buy the company is expected to be finalized next Friday, as the Tesla CEO says he paid too much for the faltering company. Well, Elon, you get what you paid for here. You bought a company filled with communists. We hope you move this company to Texas. You've talked about it. You've moved Tesla to Texas. We hope you move Twitter out of the cesspool, the human filth hole that is San Francisco. And we hope that you commit to making the company a worthwhile investment. We certainly enjoy uh, being on Twitter. We hope that you follow us at Benny Johnson and also follow great news breaking source, Danny DeUrbina, who is a producer for this show. He breaks a lot of great news on Twitter. Go ahead and follow his account. We're going to boost his following. It's going to be great. ALX, the executive producer for this show, was kicked off, kicked off Twitter right before the 2020 election. What does that say? That means he's very effective. And ALX will be welcomed back to Twitter with great aplomb, and we will we will throw a champagne ticker tape parade in his honor and tell you to go follow ALX uh, when this happens. Ladies and gentlemen, we are building an ecosystem here. We had Jack Posobiec on. We're talking about stories you're not supposed to hear about on these plans. You're talking about, we're talking about stories that you must hear. But you're not, they're trying to stop you from hearing them. That's because the media is evil. But it is incredible. And we wish to end the week on a clip. This from Tucker Carlson about Carrie Lake roasting CNN. This clip is the best of the week. The most true 45 seconds ever broadcast on cable television. Let this be uplifting to you. Go. Here, for example, is Carrie Lake's response in June when a CNN reporter asked her for an interview. Watch this. Hi, Harry. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. You, you, you don't have a mask on anymore. What's going we're outside. on? Do you have a well, minute to well chat? we're six feet apart. <laughs> Do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. <laughs> Does that still exist? I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank you. you. <laughs> Where's your mask, you neurotic freak? I'll do it on CNN Plus. Oh, that failed because everyone hates you. <laughs> it's so great because it's so true. All of us know it. But the people in charge, especially in the Republican Party, Never admit it out loud. If the New York Times did a hit piece on Mitch McConnell, he'd be rushing around his office worried about it. The New York Times is a hit piece on Carrie Lake every day, and she laughs because it doesn't matter what the New York Times thinks. They only have power because we give them power because we treat them like they're real, but they're fake. They're ghosts. Turn on the lights and they evaporate. They go away. They don't actually exist. We love that energy. We love it. We're so proud to include Tucker Carlson and the wonderful group of people, along with Andrew Breitbart, who has mentored us, our career, this program, Tucker Carlson, a total living legend. And that's the energy to have. These people don't matter. What matters is this, the real viewership of this show, Jack coming on, Steve Bannon, what's being created right now. And as Jack says, rolling that boulder up over the top of the mountain, we are building something that they are terrified of. And that's why they attack us. And that is why we continue to work for you every single week. If you want to support us, please click like on this broadcast, share this show, subscribe to our channels and subscribe most importantly to our podcast. This helps us out. It is a free way that you can support this show. We support you because we have the same priorities, God, family, country. These are the reasons we live and we live to save America and we will. Because we were born free men and women, and we're going to say that way. God, family, country. Let that carry you into the weekend, and let your spirits be uplifted. Ladies and gentlemen, we are winning. My name is Benny Johnson, and this has been The Benny Show.